So often, right, we so often tell the story of Jesus' birth, whether we're reading it out of Matthew or out of the Gospel of Luke, and every year we do it, every year we celebrate, every year we have our traditions and the things that we love, and maybe we love the candlelight and the, the beautiful Christmas tree lights, the food, the getting together with one another. And yet, it seems like that's kind of where that ends, right? Like we get through this couple of days and then we start to slip back into our normal rhythm. And then it comes around again and it, a year later it comes and it's kind of like, did anything really change between one year or the last? Hmm? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe life circumstances have changed. But does this story, can this story even change us, transform us, shift us in some way that it, it's more than just a moment, it's more than just a night, it's more than a day, that somehow this story begins to seep into our everyday living? And so what does that begin to look like? So for today, I'm going to read through the Gospel of Matthew's version which is very different than the Gospel of Luke. If you want to see a little bit of comparison, I totally recommend reading both of them. But tonight, today, depending upon what time you're watching, we are going to read through Matthew's account, and then we're also going to read a little bit out of the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel the prophet, and specifically a section on the dry bones. Because just as the story of Jesus' birth, we so often gloss over and we're ready to sing with the angels and we're ready to sing joy to the world, the story is really complex. Just as the Ezekiel story, the things that people are going through at that time. And it's not to be a downer or something like that, but instead to recognize that so often we hold very complex situations Things in our life in tension with joy, in tension with God's presence in this world. And how is that all kind of working? As a means of encouragement, not as in, well, if you feel really bad, then you'll know something good. No, but instead of looking at this moment of going, okay, complex, Jesus' story and things keep going wrong, expectations are not met, and yet it's joyous. And Ezekiel, the words of Ezekiel for the people are for people who are struggling. They are absolutely struggling, but they are meant to be an encouragement. And so as we come into this story, may we see it through a deep sense of love, not just kindness, but instead a deep sense of love that sits with us in the complex and in the joys and allows us to be able to be encouraged when both of them are happening. So beginning in Matthew, the first chapter, verses 18 through 19. This is how the birth of Jesus took place when Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph before they were married. She became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement 
quietly. Joseph has a choice, not a choice he wants to make. And my guess is so often all of us have found us in positions where that's not really a choice I want to make. I want things to go well. I have expectations. I have conducted my life in such a way. You hear that from Joseph? He was a righteous man. He tried to make the right decisions. He tried to live his life according to God's way of living. He tried. And yet a situation presents itself And he has to make a choice, probably not one he expected to ever have to make. And so often, right, when we come to this season, we have so many expectations about it. And they could be the simplest things of what ornaments have to go on the tree, what color lights there's got to be. And oh, like if we forget the fudge, it's all over. We have expectations on this season. And so often that those expectations actually can get in the way, or maybe they help, but if we don't get them met, then there is this grief, there is this sadness. And so to really see this moment as getting into the complex of Joseph has to struggle with the expectations he had of his life with Mary, the way he saw his life going with her, is now abruptly changed. But he still wants to do the right thing. So he's like, okay, maybe I'll just call this thing off quietly. It'll be okay then. When in reality... For him to call it off even quietly could still result in Mary's death. A choice he really doesn't want to make. One that he's like, wait a minute, what in the world? And so as we're thinking about our own lives in those moments, as we're kind of going, what comes next? To recognize that Joseph, Joseph's in it with us. And then moving to Ezekiel. 37 verses 1 through 3. The Lord's power overcame me, and while I was in the Lord's spirit, he led me out and set me down in the middle of a certain valley. It was full of bones. He led me through them all around, and I saw that there were a great many of them on the valley floor, and they were very dry. He asked me, human one, can these bones live again? I said, Lord God, only you know. When we've had expectations, when we're dealing with a really complex situation, when we don't know which way to go, when we're trying to make the right decision, and it's like, I mm, I still don't think this will go well, right? When we're in the middle of a challenging moment, how often are we like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know where God is in any of it. Is God really with me? Can these bones really live again? How often do we feel like it just takes the energy out of us? It kind of draws off all of that good, that joy, and it just leaves us exhausted and exasperated. And we're like, only God knows whether or not these bones can live again. And this question, this question in Ezekiel is very close to Joseph's, like pondering, like, I'm going to struggle with But here's where the change begins. Joseph is open to possibility. Just as we will see with Ezekiel, 
we will see it because there's this space for, okay, I don't know how God is in this, and I, only God knows how we're going to get through it. But there's space for where is God guiding? For how is God transforming this? How is this situation? Where, where am I connected to God? How is God showing love in this moment? How are we experiencing it? Not just thinking it, but how are we beginning to experience it? Continuing on in verses 20 through 21 of Matthew 1. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This moment, as he's thinking, as he's pondering, as he's trying to kind of figure out what in the world is going on, he's, he seems to be kind of dozing through it. Maybe he's having one of those sleepless, restless nights where it's on his mind and it's just kind of entering into every aspect. And there's this space, this angel of the Lord. And angel just means messenger. And so this is a message from God. And it's meant to be like a message that is connected to God. Like, okay, where is God guiding in this? If we're trying to be open to that, if we're looking for possibilities, and this is what he hears. This is what Joseph experiences. Like, no, actually, you can still marry. You can still be with Mary. And this child, yes, this child, who isn't yours but is yours, Matthew, actually, if we were to back up into the genealogy, the line of David, the genealogy given, actually comes through the line of Joseph. Joseph, in this moment, is going to make a choice to claim Jesus as his own. That Joseph is open to the possibility. What's another way other than I, I can quietly call off the engagement, I, I want to do the right thing, but I don't know what, and God here is like, okay, if you're listening, if you're being really self-aware of what's going on around, there is another way. There is a way for these dry bones to live. It may not be what you expected. It may not be what you envisioned. But here's a different way of looking at the situation, Joseph. And so Joseph hears this message. And part of it, it ends with, you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now that may sound really kind of churchy, very biblical, like, okay, save people from their sins. What does that exactly mean? Here's where knowing the rest of the story is actually very, very helpful. Because we know how Jesus lived. We know what he taught. We know how he reacted to situations, even when people were trying to kill him. How he engaged in really difficult situations. The conversations that he had. And here, here we get... To think about all of those stories that we know, how he healed, how he loved, how he extended a grace, how he extended encouragement to people that others in society said, yep, not worthy. That Jesus was like, no, 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 I'm bringing everybody together. Love. Everybody deserves love because all are loved by God. 
And so when we think about, and we know those stories, we know those teachings, even in really difficult circumstances, we get a sense that what he is saving us with is love. Of saying, wait a minute, I may feel unworthy, I may feel like I have screwed up, but God still loves me. Or maybe we've been mistreated in life, not because of anything we've done, and it's God who says, nope, still loved. You are still loved, and you do belong. And there is a different way of being and acting in this world, that we don't have to be in that place of reacting to pain by giving more of it, that we can react with healing, that we can begin to think about, okay, how do I come from a place of love? How do I come from a place that's a foundation? How do my bones live again? How are we allowing love into our space? How are we thinking about how we are cultivating joy this day? How we are cultivating peace this day? Even when no one else around us maybe cares anything about it. This is the real power of this message. That this is the real power and the transformation that's happening of saying, it does not matter where you have come from, what has happened, the choices that you have or have not made, that there is this love that can permeate and change the trajectory of your very life on an everyday kind of basis. In all kinds of situations, in ways that we could have never imagined. Joseph could have never imagined reacting to Mary, reacting to the situation that he didn't create in a new way, in a way that gave life to Mary and the child, that didn't take life from anyone else. And so in a very complex situation, he found another way forward because love was running deep underneath. And so when those everyday kind of situations pop up outside of this season, and this season is complicated enough, of how are we navigating from a place of love and encouragement? How are we navigating from a place of, wait a minute, what did Jesus show us about being that healing presence? About saying, whoa, wait a minute. We have got to treat one another with respect. I'm going, I'm not giving in to despair. Mm -mm, nope, not going to think about everything's falling apart. Because when we switch back to Ezekiel, you got to know the people in Ezekiel who are hearing Ezekiel, they are in... They are in a hard place. They are those dry bones because they are tired of war. They are tired of the pain. They are tired of not being home, of not being accepted, of not being loved. They are tired and they are exhausted. And it's like, will these bones live again? Verses 4 through 6 of Ezekiel 37. He said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the Lord's word. The Lord God proclaims to these bones, I'm about to put breath in you and you will live again. I will put sinews on you, place flesh on you, and cover you with skin. When I put breath in you and you come to life, you will know that I am the Lord. The breath. Putting that breath 
thinking about what we just read, how Jesus comes and saves, that sense of forgiveness and being able to let go and let love kind of rush in to all those painful places in our lives and to think about how the breath of God comes over in Ezekiel and that these bones will certainly live again. And so often what's interesting about that is we so often wait for it to happen, right? When we're in those complex places, when we... We're in those situations. We're like praying out. Maybe we're having that conversation with God of, I don't know if they're going to live again. It's up to you. And we wait. But here's what's interesting. Because if we back up in Ezekiel, it says, like it's this conversation between God and the prophet Ezekiel. Prophesy over these bones and say to them that the prophet here, that this one has to initiate. There has to be a conversation. There has to be somebody else. And to think about that, that embodying of God's breath, of God's love. When thinking about Jesus, Jesus is, uh, his name also Emmanuel, God with us. And to begin to realize that we know God is with us, that we are experiencing God when we begin to cultivate, when we begin to respond to that love that is always present. That if we're like, I don't know if there's really love in this world, I don't think that there's peace, then how are we showing it? How are we loving others? How are we cultivating peace? How are we showing joy? How are we being the encouragement instead of always waiting for it from somewhere, from something, from someone else? of recognizing there's an aspect to this. There's a choice. Joseph has a choice to make. He's being guided by God, but he still has to make the choice. And so to think about how we are experiencing God in the way that we love others, in the way that we share peace, in the way that we forgive, in the way that we show mercy, in the way that we pick one another up in, our he in that healing presence, how we listen to one another, that when we begin to experience those things, we begin to experience God. And that is the breath that revives those dry bones. That is the life of Jesus. Finishing up. In Matthew 1, 22 through 24. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. That moment... That moment where Joseph makes that choice. He's being guided. He's like, wait a minute, Emmanuel, God with us. I want to experience that. And so the way that he goes, when he woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. It's like, okay, here we go. So that sense 
If we're looking for that breath, if we're looking for that revival of our bones, if we're looking for that energy, if we're like, I don't know how to get through this situation, how do I begin to hold situations and joy and tension, not just at this time of year, but all the time, then we have to ask ourselves, what are we willing to do? What are we willing to cultivate? How are we willing to love? And are we making space for possibilities that far exceed our expectations. Finishing with 1 John 4, 7 through 9. So now we skip to the very end of the New Testament. Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. This is how the love of God is revealed to us God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. Everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. So if you're wondering how to experience God or have you ever experienced God in your life, to begin to think about all of those moments, even the smallest of ones, where you can pinpoint and say, wait a minute, love was shown, or I showed love by, and those moments to recognize those are part of experiencing God. And that when we're in those complicated, challenging times, we get an opportunity, we can understand it as an opportunity to figure out what it means to love in this situation. Because it's not just ourselves as individuals that need love, but we need it across the board because all humans just want to be loved and belong. And so how will we be part of experiencing God this day, not just for ourselves, but for everyone around us, of experiencing that love in all kinds of ways, in the choices that we make, in the way that we navigate through situations, in the way that we hold in tension the difficult and the joy. How will we be challenged and encouraged this day by the story of Jesus that we are invited into, this story that is meant to live far beyond this day? Amen. Mm -hmm.